0: Welcome to the C3 Coffs Harbor podcast. Today's message is a recording from our online service. To join our online church community, visit c3ch.online.church and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to week nine of our series, Above All Else, um, where we have been tracking through uh, this book, Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, Um, looking at how we can uh, do what Proverbs says to, above all else, guard our heart by putting in certain disciplines and practices that are going to help us grow in our discipleship uh, to Jesus Christ. And so uh, we have looked at a bunch of different things over the last few weeks, Uh, meditation, prayer we've looked at fasting we've looked at um, study we've looked at living a life of simplicity of solitude and submission and today we're going to jump into uh, our eighth discipline which is the discipline of service Uh, but before we do that How did you go with last week's uh, message on submission? Um, We asked the question, how how has this message changed your life? Um, And how could you take up the cross life each day where we live in mutual submission to one another out of reverence to Christ? Did you find that that changed how you viewed submission, how you viewed other people? Or did you just go about life like nothing had happened at all? Hopefully, um, you, like myself, are on that process of becoming more and more like Jesus and learning to submit our life and not care about things that ultimately aren't uh, that important in the big scheme of things. But today we're going to jump into uh, the discipline of service. Um, Before we go though, I just want to just make mention to this book again. this book is not one of those books where you put it in the oh, I've read that pile and you just hang it on the library and, and never go back to it again. This this for me is is a reference tool. This is something that we should be bringing out often and regularly to um, look through, to just skim over, and and you know research more about these certain disciplines. It's never a case of oh we'll just set and forget. Um, these disciplines are going to serve us for the rest of our life as we grow. In uh, the likeness of Jesus. And so I would just encourage you to uh, don't just forget about this book once we finish this series, but um, continue to bring it out, um, have it in a place of prominence, and, and readdress and evaluate the disciplines in your life um, moving forward. So, um, today's message in Luke chapter 9, verse 36, we see an argument break out um, amongst the disciples. And essentially, the argument is this who is the greatest amongst us? Now the trouble we have in that, Environment is um, as soon as we have an argument about who is the greatest, we by default are having an argument about who is the least and who is less than. And what happens in this in this space is this whole comparison thing starts to rise to the surface. And here's the problem with comparison, which by the way is a major issue in today's society. The issue with comparison is that someone is always a loser and someone is always a winner. And so what end up ends up happening is somebody leaves feeling with a sense of superiority superiority. superiority, which feeds their pride. And others leave leave with a sense of inferiority, which feeds their shame. And so it's never a good thing when we compare one another. And so Jesus sort of steps in and and rebukes the the disciples in this space. And then we see throughout scripture that Jesus flips the script on that sort of mentality um, by, by saying, we've got to become a servant. He shuts down this idea of comparison by teaching and demonstrating us um, that we need to take the high road by living the low road life and what i mean by that is we need to if last week's submission was taking up our cross this week's discipline of service is taking up the towel and what i mean by towel is is in john 13 we see um, jesus washing his disciples feet he picks up a towel he takes the wash basin and he cleans his disciples feet basically it's like the ceo comes in and serves the apprentice in the organization it just totally revolutionizes what it is to be great what it is to be a leader and what service actually looks like jesus chose to live the life of service he chose to give us the example of this life of service so that we could stop behaving like chooks and do away with this whole notion of pecking order that that is so ingrained in our nature Um, uh, We read in Matthew chapter 20 that Jesus says, Whoever would be the greatest amongst you uh, must be your servant, even as the Son of Man did not come to, to be served, but to serve other people. And so what I'm going to do now is, is in this um, next few minutes we've got together, I want to look at the different types of service we have uh, available to us that we need to uh, evaluate ourselves on and see how we go with. And then at the end, I want to look at the attitudes towards service. Uh, there's two main types of attitudes that we can approach service with, and I want to sort of break down those two. And, and as I go through this message, as I highlight these things, I want you just to, in your own space and in your own mind, just think about where you sit in regards to service. how you view people, how you view life, how you view yourself, how you view God, and give yourself a little self-assessment as we um, step through uh, the next part of this message. So types of service. The first type of service we see is the service of hiddenness. Um, This is the ability to serve when when unnoticed or unrecognized. Um, Nothing transforms the desires of the flesh like hiddenness. The flesh uh, winds against service, but it screams against hidden service. Our, Our soul and our mind and our ego strains and pulls for recognition. That's part of the human condition, right? And hiddenness really pushes against that. Hiddenness, I love this quote, hiddenness is a rebuke to the flesh and deals a fatal blow to our pride. Um, I love the thrill of doing things that might never be noticed or never be seen. Um, It gives me a great sense of fulfillment um, knowing that I have helped someone and, and that there is a mystery around the blessing for them. Um, and here's why, because I kind of think, if, if I do something for somebody that they know not about, um then they can just enjoy the blessing without having to think I've got to repay that person because if somebody sees you do something for somebody or, or for them then part of our human nature is well I've got to reciprocate that I've got to pay that back and so if we do things in hiddenness if we do things in quiet then the person receiving the blessing can simply enjoy the blessing for what it is rather than think they've got to work to somehow reciprocate or pay back but they can just enjoy the mystery of that blessing which is what the blessing is intended for in the first place right and I think um, there's so many ways that we, we can do that whether it's um, mowing somebody's lawn the day before they come back from holidays um, whether it's you know paying for a meal in, um, in a restaurant and, and nobody knows that it was you, um, you know, there's so many ways where we can embrace hiddenness as a service to other people and the community around us um, it is probably one of the most underrated things I reckon we can do, and I just want to encourage all of us to embrace this notion of random acts of kindness, not to be seen, not to be paid back, not to be um, you know, given kudos for, but just for the sake of letting someone enjoy that blessing. Second service is the service of small things. It's caring just about the small things as it is about doing the big things. It's it's about caring as much about giving that one homeless person a meal as it is about going and building or painting a homeless shelter for 100 homeless people. Um, it's caring just as much about cleaning the toilets of church as it is about being a part of the worship crew on stage in front of people. Um, it's it's having that, that mentality um, of nothing is beneath me. That no matter what task is before me, I I will do it because the small things actually matter. And we see that in the life of Jesus. He wasn't just all about the, the miracles and the resurrections and the signs and wonders. We just read that he washed his disciples' feet. He was about the small things. He would serve in the small things. Nothing was beneath Jesus. And if we're to be um, his image bearers and his disciples and follow in his ways, then nothing should be beneath us in how we serve um, people. The third is the service of guarding the reputation of other people. Uh, Titus 3 verse 2 says, speak evil of no one that we need to watch what comes out of our mouth we need to guard our mouth against gossip and ultimately this service is part of guarding um the reputation of other people um, here's here's what we do in, in church circles um, we we clothe backbiting or gossip in this notion of religious language that uh, actually is quite toxic, but we'll try and make it spiritual by saying things like, well, I'm only telling you so that you can pray. Um, and, and if that's the pure motive, that's great. But oftentimes we, we use that language as a way of opening the door to gossip without it actually looking like or being gossip. Um, uh, There is a discipline in holding one's tongue and holding back from saying what we want to say that actually does our soul wonders. It is a great discipline to, uh, and James talks about this too, about holding the tongue. The tongue is like a rudder. It steers our life, so We've got to control that, and we serve other people's reputation by controlling our tongue. Um, I remember um, hearing a story from a mate of mine a little while back who um, was talking to his pastor, I'm driving along having a chat and and this guy said oh have you heard about such and such as church um, and the pastor's like oh yeah and he goes oh they've just changed their name and the pastor's like oh okay yeah what did they change it to and he goes oh they changed it to this and the pastor like, what do you think he goes oh i think that is the lamest name ever like honestly that is just such a outdated you know really tacky name for a church and so this pastor goes oh cool let's call him and tell him and so in the car, in that moment, the pastor calls the pastor of that church who just changed their name and says, hey, I've got such and such here with me, and we're just talking about your name change, um, and he had a few ideas. What do you think? And this guy said his face just turned to white. He had no idea what to say, but he learned an incredible lesson in that moment that um, we have to be careful what comes out of our mouth and make sure that we are prepared to back it or you know, just... That it's not just gossip, that it's not just chatting for the sake of chatting, but be really careful to uh, guard the reputation of others in that respect. Um, so let's not cho- let's choose not to initiate or participate in any sort of slanderous talk of other people. Um, let's recognize it when we see it, um, and let's not disguise it in spiritual language and pretend like we're being holy when really we're just having a whinge. Um, and so... The general rule for gossip is this, is that if you are talking to someone about somebody else and they don't have the ability to solve the issue or help the issue, then it's gossip. And that's the litmus test that I use. So if someone's coming to me and I don't have the ability to to help that person or intercede in that situation, well, then that's just gossip. So if we genuinely care, we will talk about that issue with people who can actually help resolve an issue. Four, the service of being served. Now, this sounds like a funny one, but it's actually, as I read through it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, see, Peter refused to have Jesus wash his feet. Uh, and this wasn't because he was too humble. It was because Peter's ideology about authority was being messed with by Jesus. Um, so when we see that, what we can inversely uh, understand from Peter is that if he was the master then he would not wash disciples' feet. He'd be above that. And so the way he viewed authority, the way he viewed how things were ordered and worked, was being challenged by what Jesus was demonstrating by washing his disciples' feet. And Peter's like, well, I would never do that if I was you, so you're not washing my feet. And so what we can learn from this is that um, if we out of pride, refuse to be served, um, we fail to submit to God's divine order of things in the leadership of his kingdom. And so God will put people in our path to serve us and help us. And so part of our service to people is allowing them to serve us, allowing them to bless us. And and that can be a difficult thing for people to do. um, But I think it's a small thing that we probably need to, to look at and work on in our own lives. Five. Now I am going through this rather quickly because I do have a lot of stuff to get through. Um, but that's why I say use this book as a resource tool to continue to go back and read further and and you know expand on these things yourself. But I am going to try and skim through this as much as possible. Um, number five is the service of common courtesy. Um, missionaries are people that totally get this type of service. Um, they would be foolish if they just barged into a village and demanded that everybody listen to them and they receive their God and, and they do what they say. That would be an absolutely foolish way to initiate a, a, a missionary endeavor. And so what they've understood is that they need to have this service of common courtesy where they come in, they, they, they introduce themselves, they get to know people, they build relational equity with the tribe, they understand the cultures and the customs of the tribe, and then in due season, by the moving of the Holy Spirit, they understand when is an appropriate time to deliver the message that they're there to deliver. And so they, they understand this concept of common courtesy. Um, In our days, um, common courtesy can be seen in in various different ways. Um, And and look, I wouldn't say it's dead, but it seems to be dying in, in our Western culture. But it's little things like saying, thank you. It's little things like saying, please. It's little things like... R.S.V.P.ing to an invitation that you've been given. It's little things like responding to a text message or responding to a WhatsApp group message, or or returning that phone call. It's a little thing like giving a little wave to someone in, as they let you in from the merging lane to say thanks for that. Um, these are the little, little thing, acts of service that just keep our hearts sweet and show others around us that we are decent people that really appreciate everybody around us. And I think that's something that's really easy for us to pick up and start today. Is just this service of common courtesy which unfortunately isn't that common in um, our our world six is the service of hospitality Um, sometimes we limit ourselves because uh, we make hospitality or we we see hospitality as something that's too complicated. Um, we, we might think my house is too small, or I'm not a good enough cook, or, or we, we, we let that comparison thing come in where we go, oh, that person does amazing cooking, or that person's got this most amazing house, and their hospitality skills are way gra- greater than mine. And so we rob other people of our service of hospitality because we compare ourselves and we become less than. So in this type of comparison, we become the loser, we become inferior, and we feed this sense of shame in us which robs us of this service of, uh, of, um, uh, of hospitality and robs others of the gift of hospitality that we have to offer. Um, so, hospitality is as simple as being together and sharing whether it's a cup of tea and a packet of biscuits, whether it's a plate of food, or whether it's a full-blown charcuterie board. Um, Hospitality takes many shapes and forms, and if we overcomplicate it, then we actually stifle this service being activated in our lives. Number seven is the service of listening. Um, We don't need to be a qualified counselor or a qualified psychologist in order to listen to people and and listen to what they're going through in life. We just need compassion and patience. Um, We don't need to have the correct answers. In fact... Sometimes the correct answers for people are actually an inhibitant of the conversation you are having with them. And, and, and here's what happens, and I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure you have probably f- can find times in your life where you're guilty of this, where you'll be listening to someone, but you're not listening to learn, you're listening to respond. And so in your mind, you're thinking, okay, here is the answer for their problem. And all they're wanting to do is unpack what they're going through, share their emotions, share their feelings, share their experiences, and your mind is not listening necessarily to to their heart your mind is listening to the answer you want to give them so in a a sense we, we break that relationship because we're thinking about ourselves as being the savior not listening to that person who needs just to have someone to offload to Um, And this is a genuine problem, again, that that I see in in our society, is that people, um, they listen to respond rather than listen to learn. And so the the service of listening is a really good tool to have um, to, to build healthy and great relationships. Number eight, the service of bearing the burdens of each other. Simple statement, if we care, we will bear. Um, And so if we genuinely care for other people, then our service to them will look like bearing their burdens. Um, And we can bear the burdens of other people without ourselves being overwhelmed and weighed down. And that's why we need to cast our cares on to Jesus, for He cares for us, right? And, and Jesus says, "Hey, take my burden, because it's easy and it's light." And so we can carry the burdens of others because we know how to project that onto to God and allow Him to be uh, our source of relief for us. Um, and so, with with that, I remember last, oh, probably a week or two ago, I just had this this particular day where I was just super overwhelmed. I felt, you know, when you feel stress. Like in your chest, and it starts to tighten up, and your stomach starts to knot up, and you start to get shortness of breath, and things like that. I had that sort of moment. It just, for, for a couple of hours, I just felt the stress of all these different situations I was facing culminate into this moment of just being overwhelmed. And so I got up from my chair, I went home, I got changed, because I'm a big believer in and when you finish the day, get changed out of your work clothes, because that changes how you view things. If I constantly see myself in the things I've been working in all day, then and I think about the problems I've been solving and facing all day but changing my clothes changes my outlook. So I went home uh, in the afternoon and it was probably about 2 or 3 o'clock I said that's it I'm done for the day. Went home, got changed, went to the beach because I love connecting with God through just walking along the beach. And So I walked along the beach um, walking through the water and just letting it splash up on my legs. It was quite beautiful. And I did a little jog in slow motion and my hair just flowed and it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I remember just walking up the beach and I had worship music in my my earphones and I was just thinking about all those problems that had caused that feeling of stress in my chest and in my stomach. And you know, relationship breakdowns, um, friendship losses, um, you know, coming back to on to in-person services and all the requirements around that, and uh, and the different health issues that people were facing, um, getting all the renovation work for church done. There was probably about 15 like major things that were happening at that particular time that I was just feeling like, um, you, you know, like the firing squad has had all these barrels pointed at me, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was just walking the beach thinking about every one of these barrels and, and the bullets that were in them uh, that were causing me stress. And then I just had this picture, and this is the kindness of God, like, and he just showed me a picture of, like, there's been a few times in, in our married life where Anna's just said to me, I'm overwhelmed, the kitchen's not clean, the beds haven't been made, the floors need to be vacuumed, um, the kids need to get breakfast or lunch, whatever it is, and, and the washing's not done, and she just gets overwhelmed with all these tasks that need to be done, And she just gets the stress and that doesn't happen often because she's incredible looking after her house but in those moments i will step in and be super husband and say look you go lie down here's a cup of tea on the bed just chill i'll go feed the kids i'll clean the kitchen i'll vacuum the floors i'll do the washing i'll take care of it it is it is sorted you go or sometimes i'll just send it out of the house you go have a cup of coffee and it'll be done And I felt God bring that to my remembrance and I felt God say, how does Anna feel in those moments knowing that you will take care of every one of the cares and worries that she has and that they're going to be okay because you are competent in feeding the kids, you are competent in cleaning the floors, all the things she's worried about, you are competent in fixing for her. And I, I thought, well, she would feel a sense of relief, a sense of peace, a sense of, uh, of almost weightlessness, that the stress that she would have would, would be taken away because I would solve those problems. And in that moment, I felt God say, well, that's exactly what I want you to experience right now, that all those things you're worrying about, those relationship breakdowns, those, those friendship losses, the stress of what's happening at church, the stress of this and all these pressures that you're facing, study and all the things that are on your plate, i want to carry those for you cast your cares onto me because i care for you and not only that you are my bride the church is the bride of christ and if you who as a good husband can look after your wife's needs how much more will i look after your needs and not only that that's my job your job is not to solve all these problems that's my job is to heal people deliver people build the church your job is simply to be obedient to the call i have given you and so in that moment walking along the beach i just felt this total release from god that to 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 carry um to 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 release those burdens of carrying on behalf of other people to him and so this service is like that is that we are called to bear the burdens of other people but it's never meant to weigh us down or cripple us that we have a beautiful savior a beautiful groom in heaven that wants to carry those burdens for us so uh the ninth and this is the last service is the service of sharing the word of life We are dependent upon each other to receive the full counsel of God. We need each other for God to speak to us. Um, God will use other people in our life to speak to us. And God will use us to speak to other people in our life. And we are called to be deliverers of the word of God. And that is exactly what prophecy is. Prophecy is not necessarily this weird and wacky outburst that happens in a Sunday service where somebody just tells you your future. Prophecy is simply this, it is the day declaration of the word of God. It is speaking the truth of God's word into circumstances, situations, and people's lives. And you and I are called to do that for one another, that God will speak to us through others and speak to others through us. That's prophecy. And that is a service that is desperately needed today. Because when we preach God's word, when we share God's word, when we declare God's word, we become agents of hope. And I don't know about you, but I've looked around this world. I've read the news. I've seen what's going on. This world is void of hope. And so we as carriers of the good news of Jesus Christ when we proclaim God's Word we bring hope to a world that is without hope so let's not grow weary in doing this incredible service to everybody around us okay attitudes I'm gonna fly through this real quick I promise and then we will finish um, so there we've just looked at the different types of service nine types of service now I'm going to look at just a handful of um, ways that we can look at our attitudes to service so there's two main ways right we can look at service through this self righteous way of being, of serving, or we can have this true service, this heart of true disciple like service for people. Um, and so it really is important that um, we, we check our motivations. Um, so here's the difference self righteousness serves out of human effort. I've got the skill set, I've got the ability, I can do this, bang, I'll just serve, I'll just get it done. True service serves from a deep, relationship with god and when when we have that deep relationship with god that flows out into having an awareness of people who are around us that might need us or things that might need to be done and we just do it it's not about the fact that we have a skill set we just do things in our own flesh to feel good or look good but it's a response uh, and we love because god freely loved us um, self-righteousness is impressed with the big deal or the show or, or, or the fanfare of serving. Whereas true service doesn't distinguish between the small things or the large things. Um, if something needs to be done, true service just gets it done. That's the difference. Self-righteousness um, requires external rewards, applause and recognition. Whereas true service is content in this spirit of hiddenness that we talked about earlier self-righteousness is highly concerned about results expects the service to be reciprocated and it gets bitter when expectations they have are not met let me say that again self-righteous people self-righteous service are highly concerned about results they expect the service that they do to be reciprocated and they get bitter when they don't have their expectations met however conversely true service is free of the need to calculate results and to keep a tally. It can serve its enemy just as freely as it can serve its friend. That is true service. Self-righteousness picks and choose who they'll serve they'll usually go for the high or the powerful person because that gives them advantage but then sometimes they they will serve the lowly in order to appear humble but they will choose who who they serve depending on what they need if they need recognition if they need reward if they need an advantage well they'll serve the powerful if they want to look good and look righteous and look look humble well they'll serve the lowly whereas the true service is indiscriminate in its ministry it follows jesus's command to be a servant of all it can serve the king in the palace it can serve the peasant in the field and it doesn't really care because to the true servant service is service regardless of where it's rendered self-righteousness is affected by moods and whims it serves when it feels like it and and it will use Christian language like well um, I, I feel moved by the spirit to do this and again, like we talked about before, we can use this spiritual language to just mask uh, an ugliness inside of us that self-righteous service actually depends upon mood. And we will use this spiritual language like, oh, the Spirit told me, or Spirit, I, don't feel, I don't feel God le- leads me to do that, or I'll pray about it and see if God wants me to do it. No, 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 does it need to be done? Then god wants you to do it it's, it's as simple as that i don't think when it comes to so many menial tasks that need to be done the true servant just gets it done it's the self-righteous person that will say "Oh, i'll just wait and see if if god would ha- have me do it um i don't buy into that at all um, and yeah as a true service minister simply because there is a need and they just get it done um, self-righteousness um, fractures community uh, as it centers the glorification of that service to itself. That that's the whole point. And so when when, when our, our our gratification focus is us in how we serve, then it becomes more about us than it does about actually helping people, and that fractures community. Whereas um, true service actually builds community, it quietly and unpretentiously goes about caring for the needs of others. So There we have it. A lot to digest, a lot to um, understand Um, but as I said, this book is a reference tool um, and it should be referenced often and and referred to, not just put on the, oh I've read that book pile, that's what's next, um, but continually revisited and relooked at so that we can continue to grow in the mission that God has for us as his disciples so that we can continue to, as Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else guard our heart because from our heart flow all the issues of life so I want our heart to be filled with all the disciplines that look like a disciple of Jesus Christ so that we can follow Him in the way that He calls us to follow Him. So the homework for this week, and I'm sure you guys are really diligent with the homework and following it to a T. I would hope that's the case. But here's this week's challenge, is to every day ask God for an opportunity to serve other people. Ask God for an opportunity to serve people and then take it to the, to the next level of the practice of then... Looking for opportunities to serve. So ask God in the morning and then throughout the day, look for opportunities to serve and preferably in the hiddenness of being unknown so that the recipient of that service can just enjoy it for what it is an absolute blessing from God and a blessing from you. They don't have to look to try and reciprocate or, or pay it back, but they can just simply enjoy the blessing. For the blessings sake so go for it this week guys step into that space um let's embrace this discipline of service as we serve um, ultimately jesus because remember he says whatever you do to the least of these you do to me so every act of service we drew as true service people not as self-righteous people is actually uh, a service rendered to god himself and uh, no good deed will go unrewarded in the kingdom of god hey let's pray before we close Father, I just thank you so much for today's message. Lord, I know that this is meaty and lengthy and exhaustive, um, but Lord, I pray that even if just one thing from today's message jumped out into our hearts, that we would run with that God, that we would truly desire to um, be the kind of servant that you were, that nothing was beneath you so that nothing would be beneath us, that we would just see a need and meet a need, Lord God, that we would do it in the hiddenness um, and humility that you would have us do it with, that we would not be looking for the reward or looking for the show, uh, Lord God, but that we would be just like you and that is a servant to all people. Lord, I pray you would bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our online services, visit c3ch.online.church and come say hi on Facebook and Instagram.